Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I'm going to try and uh, connect these readings here for us this morning. That first reading we have, again, the continuation from the book of Ezra, We're hearing about the return of the exiles after the Babylonian captivity. Persia took over Babylon. We heard yesterday about King Cyrus being moved in his heart by the Lord to let the Jews return to Jerusalem. And so today we're hearing how uh, King Darius, who was a subordinate to Cyrus, is writing up this decree insisting that all these goods and products go, uh, go to Israel for the rebuilding of the temple. We hear about the rebuilding of the temple, the rededication of the temple. And it is incredibly moving, right? And then we hear in that responsorial psalm that we just sang, or said, let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. You can imagine how that psalm would have been just on the lips of the people as they went back from exile, returning to Jerusalem. Um, it's, I mean, it's like the understatement of the century. Let us go rejoicing to the house of the Lord. Yeah, I think you'd be going rejoicing. Overwhelming joy they had experienced in their hearts as they went back to Jerusalem to see it all rebuilt. And then we come to the gospel, and there's something so beautifully um, uh, striking about just, you hear first reading, King Darius, second reading, let us go rejoicing. And the gospel begins, the mother of Jesus was there, right? The mother of Jesus. We hear about the mother of Jesus. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's whispering through all of these readings that it's all about, it's actually all about her. The first reading's about Mary, the psalm is about Mary, and obviously the gospel is about Mary. Why can I say that? Because she is the fulfillment of the temple. She is the fulfillment of the temple. She is the house of the Lord. Right? She is the personal face of the temple, the personal face of the church. She is where God dwells. Right? She is the dwelling of the Most High God. Colonel Joseph Ratzinger, in a book that he wrote with uh, Hans Urs von Balthasar called Mary, the Church at Its Source, um, he writes beautifully about this Marian mystery of the church. Another book that Ratzinger wrote called Daughter Zion, it's like... It's more of a pamphlet, really, than it is a book. But he wrote in Daughter Zion, Mary, she is in person the true Zion toward which hopes have yearned throughout all the devastations of history. She is, she is the true Zion. This Marian mystery, it's not ancillary to the gospel. It's, it's at the very heart of the gospel. Like the bridal spousal imagery woven throughout all of the Old Testament, all of the New Testament, it's realized personally in her. It's realized personally in her. Like all throughout the Old Testament, the prophets speaking about Israel as the bride, the land as betrothed, the bridegroom coming to enter into covenant with the bride, all of this is personified, brought to fulfillment in her. It's brought to fulfillment in her, the personal bride. She's not just a random woman, right? One among many, any more than the Ark of the Covenant was a random box or random container, one among many. Any more than Israel was a random country, one among many. No, it was a specificity 
There was something specific about her. Right? Everything that Jesus, the bridegroom, seeks to accomplish for his bride, for his capital B bride, he accomplished perfectly in her, right? What Jesus wants to accomplish in the church, his bride, that she would be, think of Ephesians chapter 5, that she would be holy, without blemish. In Latin, that's immacula. Who is the actual immaculate one but her, right? That the bride would be holy, without blemish, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she would be filled with grace. What is grace? It's God's life in us. Hail, full of grace, right? That's who she is. That she, the bride, the church would be filled with fire. What does he say? I came to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already blazing. Who is filled with fire from the beginning? If not Our Lady, right? He accomplishes perfectly in her what he's attempting, what he's seeking to accomplish in us by grace. Everything, in many ways, it's about her, right? He is the redeemer. She is the redeemed. He is the gift. She is the receptivity. He is the word. She is the response. We call her our life, our sweetness, and our hope. Why? Because we gaze upon her to see as in a mirror who we are called to be and who by God's grace we are becoming, right? She is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. She's the star that guides the way. So let's turn to her in intercession. Let's ask for her prayer today to guide us, to fill our hearts with hope, and more and more to give us a vision of who we truly are.